All right, that is right. Put your hands together for Mr. and Mrs. Paul Anderson. <laughs> All right, I will be back in just a bit. Please enjoy your dinner. Aw, you guys, I love weddings. Oh, this is one of the best ever. Uh, don't they look perfect together? <laughs> yeah, but so did Renee and Kenny. <laughs> what? Zellweger and Chesney? They look great together, too. Let's just hope this marriage doesn't end in fraud. What? Wish them luck. The only thing higher than gas prices in this country are divorce rates. <laughs> It's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I thought it was fitting that we bring you an episode dedicated to how to deal with emotions that annoy us. Sometimes those emotions are yours, sometimes they're others. Today, I've got one of my favorite features, The Culture Clash, where I invite my frequent guest co-host, the unconventional yet always logical Cindy Robinson on the show to break down a topic in pop culture. And today we're talking about some of those pesky feelings that can really be uncomfortable. Now, if you'd like to listen to these episodes ad-free, support me as an independent creator and earn extra good karma points, you can join us at patreon.com forward slash culture changers. Here's our chat about the emotions that bug us. We're back. Culture Clash. Cindy Robinson is back. Hey, welcome back, Cindy. Hey, thanks for having me. We're, I'm excited about this. So today we're talking about how to sit, how to get comfortable with uncomfortable feelings. <laughs> Sounds like a fun one. <laughs> well, I think what's crazy is how insidious it is because... I think it's a culture. If somebody tells you that their mother died or some awful news, your immediate reaction is like, oh, oh I'm going to screw this up. I'm sorry about your loss. You know what I yeah. mean? My condolences. And you don't know where to go from there. <laughs> Pretty much. But I think that there's been more of a spotlight on, on anxiety, on depression, on uh, conditions that kind of fall from there. So I think it's a it's a topic worth covering and one that you suggested. So Cindy, welcome back. Thank you very much. Thanks for talking about what I wanted to talk about. I'm all about it. I love whatever <laughs> you talk about. Tell us your background. Um, I'm an intuitive healing coach for parents and teens. If it sounds made up, it's because it is. <laughs> um, I basically help parents stop parenting out of their own childhood trauma and actually parent in a way that feels more authentic to them by getting in touch with their intuition. And I help teens understand their diagnoses a little better. So I usually work with teens diagnosed with anxiety, OCD, or ADHD, usually two of those three. Um, and just kind of help them understand their brains and bodies a little more because I use a lot of physiology um, and research in my work. You have such interesting um background and perspectives. And one thing that I know that you post a lot about is mood meter. And it's this graphic chart that has colors that kind of signify more pleasant and more uncomfortable feelings. And I remember you had posted a story where you said that you feel anxious and you got flooded with people saying, Cindy, are you okay? Are you okay? What What's happening? What's wrong? <laughs> and you're like, 
no, it's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I think it was just a great illustration of how like the the slightest the slightest negative or what can be perceived as a negative emotion um, puts people in a panic mode that they don't know how to handle either themselves or with others. Yeah, and that they think that there's there's something really bad or wrong if you're feeling an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, what you're referring to is I one day I and I do this frequently, but I don't always share it on social media. I just hadn't dawned on me to do that. But I have this thing called the mood meter. I did not invent it. It's invented by the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. But I did um, make it prettier because their chart's very boring and it didn't <laughs> look that pretty. So I made mine look more colorful, but it is the same chart. I've totally ripped off from them. But this chart tracks moods based on high energy and low energy and pleasant to unpleasant. And so if something is high energy and unpleasant, that's going to be feelings like anger, frustration, you know, uh, could be embarrassed, you know, just like high energy and unpleasant to feel. If it's low energy and unpleasant to feel, that's going to be sad, depressed, gloomy, lonely, those types of feelings. If it's high energy and pleasant to feel, it's going to be things like excited and thrilled and yiffy kind of feelings. And if it's low energy and pleasant, that's going to be things like calm and serene. And so one day I just shared hourly, hour by hour, where I was at on the mood meter. And my point of the whole exercise was to show people how temporary moods are, that it didn't stay the same mood all day long, that I, a pretty healthy individual, change moods hour by hour. But as soon as nobody really had anything to say, it was like, as long as I was fine, you know, as long as Mm -hmm. I was in yellow or green, which are like happy, pleasant, good feelings. Nobody had anything to say. And then the minute that I had felt, like you said, anxious, frustrated, something like that, all of a sudden, everybody was like, what's happening? <laughs> Some, in order for you to share that publicly, it must be something horrible going on. But that's just human nature. We have feelings, all of them. So I, um, generally speaking, don't suffer from depression. But I do know that when I get into sad moods, I automatically think, oh, shit, here it comes. This is it. And I'm not going to be able to get out of it. Is that a normal feeling? Well, yeah, I don't think anybody's like, yay, (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to feel really uncomfortable for an indefinite period of time. Uh, Yeah, nobody's thrilled. So yeah, your hesitancy. And I think why people respond. So if you'd shared that publicly and why people would jump to your aid is our first response is fix it put it away, make it go away, mm-hmm. make it go away. Um, but as I'm sure you've heard me say many times, you have to sit in the discomfort of your feelings. Why do we have such a hard time with that? Because it sucks. It doesn't feel good. Is there a way to shift it in our minds that there is benefit? Yeah, Um, definitely. That's the work I have to do all the time with people is convincing them that all of your emotions are useful. All of them are valuable. All of them are human. They're all, it's not a bad sign to have uncomfortable feelings. So I think first, just knowing that and having someone explain that to you and tell you that, you know, these, when we're operating in a healthy manner and we're not disordered in some way, then every one of those moods has a very useful place in your life. It tells you to go further away from something or closer towards something else. And so, yeah, they're 100% useful if that helps. 
So if they're useful though, what if there are like, if, if there are disorders where you're just stuck in depression, I, I think I'm thinking two things. One is like, if you're in the shit, right? Like if you're in this uncomfortable feeling, you don't know for an indefinite period, it feels bad, you don't feel motivated enough, or you might feel frenzied and, and feel manic almost. And then understanding when to reach out or how people deal with it. Like what to do with, yeah. with it? Um, yeah, I mean, in, whether someone is disordered or not, they're entitled to their feelings. Um, so when those feelings are still useful because they're letting you know something's not okay or that you're feeling off. So, you know, if you have an anxiety disorder and you're feeling riddled with anxiety the majority of the time, then that feeling is letting you know, I'm feeling off. I need to take it easy. I need to be introspective. I need to make sure that I'm checking in with myself. And if you're depressed and you're feeling depressed or feeling really blue, it's letting you know my, you know, my serotonin levels are not right. I'm not doing okay right now. I'm not lazy. I'm going through something and I, my body is drained. I'm exhausted and I need to rest. So, so what I'm hearing is labeling it. But the second part is I'm hearing a lot of compassion towards yourself. And that part is something I in particular really struggle with. And so if I'm struggling with it, I imagine it's common to, to not have kind words to yourself, you know, like, why can't you snap out of it? <laughs> yeah, a lot of us are left with very low compassion. I try to give people like when they're when they're coming to me, and they're not in love with their uncomfortable feelings. I give them two avenues that they can respond to those feelings with, and they have to choose between the two. And that's curiosity or compassion. Those are your two options. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I don't give them the outlet of blame, shame, you know, those aren't options. It's curiosity or compassion. If you feel an uncomfortable feeling or you don't like the, the, the way you feel or you don't like the behavior that you're choosing because of that feeling, then first I would say, try to be compassionate of like, you know, why is this or what are you going through right now? If you just can't muster it, your only other choice is curiosity. And so why, why am I having such a difficult time extending compassion to myself? Or why, do, why does this thing trigger me the way that it does? Why did I get angry when this happened? You know, so that's, um, that's for kind of the first step is. We are an immediate gratification society. So like I'm thinking of myself asking these questions and some questions we talked about offline of like, why am I feeling resistant to this particular person when they're perfectly fine? <laughs> yeah. And I don't have an answer for it. And so, but I still experience those feelings. So I think it's, it's there is a cultural shift that needs to happen with those things because it's easy to want to medicate or distract yourself or do something else to kind of get out of that negative, that uncomfortable feeling. And then once you tie productivity on top of it, it's hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, shifting the culture um, honestly has to start with you. Yeah. Like you're not, you're, if you're waiting for somebody to give you permission to express yourself and share what you're actually feeling, you're gonna be waiting for a minute. In the meantime, your mental health is going to rapidly decline. So 
you have to start by first stepping out and and taking little ways of testing why isn't it okay and when you see people try and fix you um, typically what we do is we feel an uncomfortable feeling our loved ones immediately try to fix it and tell us how to fix it or to look at the bright side which is another version of trying them trying to fix it um, and we just get pissed off. Hold on. So let's pause there at the look at the bright side. So when I think of that, I think of thought terminating cliches. Do you know what that term is? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so great. So thought terminating cliche is, is when you explain the unexplainable to almost negate it. And that might be everything happens for a reason or look on the bright side, or at least you're not in some other awful position. <laughs> And what that thought, because it terminates the thought, it, it negates the experience of an uncomfortable feeling. And I guess the design is like to help you think positively and to have, I don't know, a better mindset in it. I think there is, at least for me, a lot of cognitive dissonance around mindset and having a growth mindset versus the fixed mindset mm-hmm. or being in those old patterns of this is bad, I need to get out of here. I can't stay here. And I don't know how to resolve that. Yeah, I mean, again, you got to resolve it with yourself. I mean, you can decide at any point that you won't participate in that culture. So at any point, you can decide to stop speaking to other people that way and start holding space for people to feel uncomfortable feelings around you and for you to not do that to others. Um, you know, you can't much control other people's behavior, but your response to it can change. So when people do do that to you, instead of just getting pissed off and not really understanding why and not asking questions about, well, it's because it negates my experience. You know, you're not asking that. You're just pissed off of mm, like, yeah, well, that didn't help. Rah, and you, right. go, you go off and internalize all that anger sure. somewhere. Instead of that, you can feel entitled to your feelings, you know, and say, I know you're trying to help. Um, but I don't need someone to fix it right now. What I need right now is to just, I just needed to express that I'm feeling this way and I just need to sit in it for a minute. And by asking for that and by saying what you need and by, you know, advocating for that the takes fact, courage. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's why I'm very impressed by the people who do this, who do that work. It's I don't hard. know that those words were ever given from a societal perspective. I think it is newer and nuance now about setting boundaries and declaring what you want. And I keep thinking about my son, Danny. And so if, if you've followed me at all this summer, we've been at Six Flags like, like we live there, like we might be getting our mail there <laughs> at this point. Um, part of it is because I am super addicted. I love roller coasters. But the real reason is that my son, who is nine, is... Uh, he wants to go on Mindbender, which is like the entry level loop roller coaster. And so we've gone on over and over and over and over again. And the moment he gets, it's time for him to get in the seat, he completely panics and sheer terror comes across his face. All the, the blood drains from it. And he, he's frozen. He's frozen. And so even just being with him, like I started out getting pissed off because we'd waited all this time, like, <laughs> come on, Danny, you can do it. Yeah. And then I would have, I would find myself saying shit like, Danny, that's so great. You're listening to your body. You did exactly the right thing. You know, what do you want to do next? And he'll say, let's try it again. And the same thing would have happened. And this has happened 20, 30 times this whole season. Yeah. And even just 
there is like when your body seizes like that for him that's just in this roller coaster and to him to him it's like the key to everything and he in his mind he's like mommy I you know I'll praise him like you got further you actually sat in the seat you did you've never gone you never sat in the seat you're getting further and so he would start to tell himself I went further mom I almost put the seatbelt on but I don't know how to deal with when your body seizes like that or even how to help him other than just like I, I tell him contradictory things all the time. I should probably cut this out. This is probably boring. But uh, <laughs> like contradictory things like, Danny, great job. You listen to your body. And then I'll be like, Danny, now it's time to forget your body and, you know, like <laughs> zone in on your mindset and tell yourself you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And so I'll whisper to him the whole r- line. Danny, keep breathing. Take a deep breath. You can do this. You can do this. I know. I know. And then as he gets there, you could see him like, <gasps> freaking out. So I don't even know what the right answer is. Well, and that wasn't boring at all. But that's the thing is you're not you don't have to know the right answer. This is not that's not your body. That's not your life that you're figuring out. So the, the good news is you don't have to have the right answer of what someone else needs. We ask people what do they need? And what are they feeling? And that's how we change the culture is by starting to ask people that and every answer be okay. Mm. Like, it's one thing to ask, how are you feeling? But you, you've created an environment where clearly no one can say that they're Everyone not doing well. Fine, right? <laughs> yeah. But you've obviously, if he's talking to you the way he is, you make it okay for him to have any answer. So you don't but have think, to have the answer. But I think even getting away from Danny and his roller coaster uh, <laughs> challenge, I think he'll do it next year, I think. But um, I wonder about that, how are you? I'm fine. It's really hard. Like even... Now, like when people ask me, how am I, how am I, how am I? And I'm like, I'm okay. And then I feel guilty, like I'm soliciting attention for somebody to say, why just okay? And so I, there is a lot of um, challenge with how to answer those questions. Yeah, I mean, and it's up to you, however you want to, um, whatever you want to share. I still say fine to pretty much everybody, mm-hmm. but to my core people who are really a part of my life, you know, who really are active in my healing yeah, process, trusted, they get the right? real answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not telling the lady at the grocery store how I'm actually feeling that day, but I'm definitely letting the people know who I need to hold a safe space for me. I, let, I don't ever tell them I'm having a different day than what I'm having. So no, it doesn't mean that we should, you know, you could break the stigma by we all. And I'm sure at some point in the future, we'll have this world where people ask, how are you? And people go on and on about how they're actually feeling. I bet one day in the future, that's how it is. I'm not like necessarily needing that. But I do need to be able to say to a close friend, to my husband, to my sister, to my son, how I'm actually feeling that day and not be ashamed of it. And because we think of that as, handing them our issue but that's not what that is that's our communicating our experience so by telling them i'm not doing well that we see that directly as a burden on them but mm. it's not we get to inform them that that's not a burden on you and how you can tell if they think it means that they think you expect something of them is that they immediately start going well um could, maybe you could do this or i can help you with that do you need me to do this do you need me to do that and you get to say, no, I don't need anything from you, or I need space, or I need you to be gentle with me today, or I need you to be patient, but I don't need you to fix that I'm feeling this way. 
why are we, why is it so important for us to fix it? Is it more for our discomfort or the person <laughs> that we're trying to fix? <laughs> I think it depends on who you ask, but it's one or the other, most uh -huh. likely. I mean, nobody just, just nobody wants to be reminded that there's pain in the world or mm -hmm. sadness. We don't like thinking about that. And so we, don't, we want it to not be true. But when we get more comfortable with that, that's a natural part of the human experience. It's not so scary because when someone tells me they're not doing well, I don't immediately feel like I have to do something about it. And so I can just go, wow, I'm really sorry that you're going through that. And that's it. I don't, I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to feel the feeling that they're feeling. They can go feel that way and I can just, you know, provide them the space where they can do that. I think it's hard though, because I don't think we're trained on how to shift a conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that took a turn. <laughs> mm -hmm. You mean like how, so what do you do? Like what, yeah. what's the drop a bomb and you're like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't prepared for that. You know, if somebody's like, wah, wah, <laughs> and they suck all the, the joy out of the yeah. room. I mean, it depends on the situation, but you only have to carry what you want to carry. So, you know, if you're at a fun dinner party and, and everybody's just like, Debbie Downer, what are you up to these days? And then there's that one person, you know, who's like, well, my cat died and my, you know, my whole life's falling apart. And we encounter that person, yeah. right? But if we don't see their feelings as my burden, you know, then I can politely be kind in my response I'm very sorry that you're experiencing that and I'm really sorry that, you, that that's all happening to you but then I can choose to not continue that conversation a whole lot further and mm -hmm. not ask do you because here's the thing don't ask what do you need if you don't want to meet the need and for this particular person I'm imagining at a dinner party I don't want to meet their need right now I'm happy to be hanging out with the girls tonight yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really wanting to carry that burden so um and in my profession, trust me, that's something I have to come up against all the time. Oh, I bet. Everybody. I don't tell anybody what I do for a living because the minute <laughs> they hear it, they're just like pouring out all of their issues. And, um, you know, I've just learned to either keep that information to myself, uh, what I do for a living, or if they start to put their issues, I just go, I'm really sorry you're going through that. But I do not ask what they need because I currently do not want to provide. Yeah. So why was this topic so important? Why was it so top of mind for you? I think it's because I kept having the same conversation about emotions over and over again. With who? Um, every client that I have, because it always seemed like the first step was, are you checking in with what you're feeling? So I get a lot of people who have, um, who internalize a ton and I get a whole lot of people with walls up. So what does it look like for somebody to internalize and then in turn put walls up? What they probably will notice in their lives is that they just swallow their feelings. They don't take up space in the room. They, um, you know, don't bring up that something bothered them or that someone hurt their feelings. They keep it all in. They just kind of keep going. And then maybe or maybe not they explode on everybody or they feel really resentful. Um, inside. Is it true that those feelings have to go somewhere? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you'll either have some sort of like um, 
Or can they be metabolized somehow? (laughs) Not unless you're processing them. Uh No, it goes somewhere. Um, Stomach issues, anxiety disorders. uh, It goes somewhere in the body Mm -hmm. if you don't let it out. But the internalizers do that or the people who feel like people didn't provide their needs enough. They have the wall up. And so then they feel that they don't feel feelings. And they feel that there aren't any feelings there. But they are. And so... You really think that? I would think people who have walls up are more sensitive than people that don't. Well, beneath the wall, usually. Because, mm. you know, it depends. It could be also that their life experience yeah. re- required a wall. It just depends. But either way, they have a wall up. And they f- feel very stoic and maybe are perceived as very strong or resilient. But inside, um, they're just not letting anybody in at all well i think it begs the question i think from a cultural perspective brene brown had given us as a society permission to be vulnerable and some people took that as all right i'm sharing about my pms on facebook now (laughs) you know like i'm making things real awkward and some people started to kind of let the walls down and so i think there's been a hard balance i know for myself personally I'm dealing with that, that I have these really, really big feelings that I've never, ever shared because I think that I made small infractions very personally about me. And I know it wasn't, but it felt that way. It felt like daggers. And so I didn't want to bring it up because it felt so stupid and petty. And I don't know how to process them. I don't know how to process it. Yeah, yeah, you don't know how to process your feelings. You don't know how to process certain feelings. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I was saying I'm having that conversation over and over again. Yeah, like I'm afraid I'll blow up on somebody over something that is small, but to me it's huge. Yeah. like It feels huge. Because it has built up to be huge. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why, and when you said like people will go from, well, you know, the wall to like sharing everything on on Facebook or just like oversharing That's why I think it's important to do this feelings work and have this conversation is that it starts internally. So I always ask people, you know, first, like when they're if they're using this mood meter or just keeping track of how am I feeling right now? How do you keep track of it? Is it just an acknowledgement or physically writing it down? Um, I would suggest if it's new to you that you try to pick a day or a couple of days and you say every hour I'm going to check in with myself and just really try to stick with that. Um, that every hour of the day you check in with what am I feeling? You don't even have to go so far as to say why. Um, for some people, the why is important. For some people, it's maybe not a good idea because if it's anxiety based, they're already mm. asking, you know, they're, they're going to find some fake reason why. But just check in to notice your patterns of your mood first. And so I make that a very internal process first. Like I don't hand in the mood meter and I go like shout it to the world. I'm like, first, check in with yourself and curious and compassion. It's the only response you can have to whatever you're feeling. And first, just acknowledge to yourself what you're feeling. First, notice your patterns or you know, what triggers you or, you know, whatever you figure out in your curiosity. Um, Because I do think people will skip a step and they'll go from not feeling anything to feeling it publicly looking for approval or Mm -hmm. looking for like, 
how do y'all feel about this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But our feelings are ours and we're entitled and worthy to have every feeling whenever we want, however we want, just for breathing. That's all you have to do to be worth having that feeling is are you breathing? Then you can feel that way. Hmm. And you don't have to have the reason. You don't have to have approval. You don't have to have, you know, a justifiable cause. And so that's why I do think it's important to have this conversation about uncomfortable feelings that it's about you sitting with it and not about you taking it, throwing it out and going like, is that okay, guys? You know, or can someone fix this for me? Do you hear what I'm saying about like, I do. I'm wondering about, you know, the benefits of therapy, like at what point is it really helpful to share it? And obviously having somebody trusted, whether it's a friend or a professional or a family member or somebody that you trust to be able to kind of share, especially if they are uncomfortable and know that you're going to be safe. Oh, yeah. I mean, therapists are trained to hold a safe space for people. So if that's somewhere that you want to go and process those feelings that you're having, great. But I just always want to put the step that you're acknowledging within yourself what you're feeling before you're externalizing it, asking someone to do something about it, figuring out what to do about it, that you first just acknowledge, I feel this way. And to some degree, there has to be a sit in the suck that you do on your own. So what is the difference between acknowledging it and feeling like a victim? I have a friend who said she dramatizes how she feels and she's trying to catch herself on it. Like she'll use words that feel exaggerated, like I'm dying this morning, you know, <laughs> and she's not dying. But, um, but I wonder about that victim mentality, which has a really slippery slope, I think, too, of just feeling like a victim and sitting in the suck where it's healthy. Um, yeah, I would argue that we're a little too overcautious of people um, making themselves into victims. And it's what you need to feel. If you're a more highly sensitive person, you feel feelings on a more exaggerated scale. Mm -hmm. And I think your fear of being a whiny little baby, which is like being a victim, is what keeps you from acknowledging that that's what you feel. And that's what I mean about you're entitled to feel exactly that. You don't have to justify it. So you don't have to reach some scale that goes, oh, victim approved. Like, you know, <laughs> that's why we don't look externally for permission to feel. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. You might have certain actions that aren't warranted to take. You know, you might not be able to manifest that feeling as a certain behavior that you would have to rein in, a.k.a. make it everybody else's problem, mm. right? But you are entitled to feel what you feel. And by sitting in it, you can usually, and learning to sit in it, you can usually make better behavior decisions of how is this feeling going to manifest into my actions. Hmm. I still think that there's a lot of nuance with, I guess it is the shame and blame part. So as I'm thinking through, I'm not feeling a good feeling and I suck, or I'm going to be, or you could catastrophize it. And I think that's where we get into trouble. Yeah, it seems like you're confusing sitting in the feeling with making determinations about yourself. Mm -hmm. So can I say, like, kind of break down a little bit of like, sure. what do we do when we feel these yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. So when you feel an uncomfortable feeling, I will say, so if I'm talking about the mood meter, which in the part of the mood meter that's high energy, unpleasant, they call that the red zone, that's going to be anger, mm -hmm. frustration, 
really protector feelings, like very protective feelings that are usually guarding something else. So I'll say if somebody is in that zone, what you're supposed to do is ask, what are you protecting? Hmm. And it's usually set. Cool reframe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you feel anger and you might be going, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's whatever. But if you feel that feeling and it's red zone, it's high energy and it's unpleasant, you need to go, what am I protecting? And usually it's sadness or fear. I don't know what else. Is it that or is it a person? Like if somebody pisses off your kid or something. Yeah, but what do you, so someone was a bully to your kid and that pissed you off. Yeah, you're entitled to feel angry, protective, furious, Mm -hmm. enraged. But you have to go, what am I protecting? Sadness or fear? Mm. And what, which would it be? Somebody's being mean to your child. It could be, I'm afraid they're never going to fit both. in. Yeah. Right. It could be, I'm sad that my child is hurting mm-hmm. and I can't do anything about it. So if you're in that high energy, unpleasant, the only thing you're supposed to be doing at that point is going, what am I protecting? Sadness or fear? And what do you do with that information? Get your answer. And it's kind of a trick, but you <laughs> get your answer and then whether it's sadness or fear, it's kind of the same answer, but it's just very helpful for us to know that it's waited out. And I'll tell you why. I don't like that I answer know. at all. <laughs> so when you're it's not satisfying. <laughs> so, so you've determined if you're out of the, you're in the red zone, you know why usually brings you down to the blue zone. This sucks. The blue zone is low energy, unpleasant. That's I'm sad. I'm afraid. I'm lonely. I'm terrified, whatever. In that zone, all you know is, I got to be gentle. I got to wait this out. We will figure this out when this passes. That's basically it. I'm off. My thinking is off. I'm mourning something, whatever it is. So giving yourself permission to be in that space and not put expectations over productivity. and Right. Okay. I got to ride this out. Mm -hmm. I got to do as little as possible. I got to take it easy. I got to ride this out. Think of how you would treat yourself if you had the flu. That's essentially how you treat yourself in that low Mm. energy unpleasant. It's like, let's take it easy. Let's take stuff off the plate. Trust that your body's going to return you back to health. And I'll throw in the the high energy pleasant really quick. So if you're- I like that. Hold on. I like that. Trust that your body is going to bring you back to health. Yeah. We should make a post on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it will, for some people, how long it will take and how briefly they'll be there is short. Mm-hmm. And I hate it for them. But I'll tell you what to do with that. It's it, You're going to go back to that. Your body is, that's home, is that like low energy, pleasant place. That's what I always say. That's home. That's the green zone on the mood meter. That's where we're all meant to return to. That's base. That's home base. And that is where you can make decisions and determinations. So when you're in red, you want to decide to go punch the parent of that kid, right? That's Mm -hmm. like bullying your kid or you want to go take action. (laughs) No, 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 no. We don't take action in red. We go, what am I masking? What am I protecting? Sadness or fear? That puts us down in the blue zone. What do you do in the blue zone? Now, Now you're sad. Now you're like, oh, my God, my child is going to be alone forever or why why is the world so cruel why why can't i feel so sad that i can't fix their pain you just got to mourn that fact you just got to sit in that of man that sucks that sucks so bad it sucks so much to be sad you got to sit in it and just trust when my body returns me back i'll make a decision so every time your brain tries to go well maybe i should 
well, maybe I should contact that parent. Well, maybe I should contact the school. Well, maybe I should talk mm-hmm. to my kid, teach my kid karate. Well, maybe mm-hmm. I should, you know, all these things, right? And you just got to keep going. I only make decisions and determinations in the green zone. Nope, 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 nope. And your body will eventually return to a place where it's pleasant and low energy. And then you can reflect on that and you can make a more clear decision. That's the only place humans make good decisions. So that's what we do with those feelings. And even so, remember the yellow zone, high energy, pleasant? Mm-hmm. Um, don't make decisions and determinations there either. Okay. Because <laughs> if you're ADHD like me, you'll have like 50 Amazon packages at your door. <laughs> like You'll be like, oh my God, I'm gonna be a master crafter or something. So in that high, if you're in the yellow, what you do with yellow feelings, which are high, high energy, pleasant, is you relish. You just relish in them. Enjoy. Enjoy it while it lasts. Don't ask how long is it going to last, you know, because you'll be in blue in no time. You just enjoy it. Kick back, relax, go, wow, this is awesome. I feel so awesome. But then when your body goes back to the green zone, that is where we all should make determinations about where our life is going, decisions about what to do next, all that. This is so helpful. <laughs> That's why I wanted to talk about it. Oh man, I've done it so wrong. What else? What do you know that you wish other people could know around this? No, I mean, that's it. I, I, I don't even want to add to that because it's so important that people um, take that in and start looking at their moods about their messages. You know, mm-hmm. like, okay, what do I, all right, I'm in this zone. What am I supposed to do? Mm. How can people find the mood meter and get in touch with you? Uh, I share it on my Instagram, which is at Cindy Robinson LLC. I share it there consistently because I keep it high up on my feed. Anybody can go to my website, CindyRobinsonLLC.com, and you can even just ask me for it. I'll send it to you. But um, also, the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence is where you can go get the OG. Just Google Mood Meter Yale, and you'll see it. I'll admit, it's ugly. It's not as pretty (laughs) as mine, (laughs) but it's the same concept. Well, thank you again. This is so helpful. I love having Cindy on. Yeah, I'm glad you let me talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. The more I've done this podcast and the more people I've spoken to, the more I'm convinced that we all suffer from some type of dysfunctional mental health. This week, I'm going to invite you to join me as I ask myself anytime I feel anger or in the red, as Cindy said, What am I protecting? Is it fear or sadness? I love Cindy's perspective and and perspective. I can say that word and guidance and urge you to make sure you follow and subscribe to this show. While you're there, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I've linked all of Cindy's info as well. Go get in touch with her. Make sure you follow her Instagram account as well as my own contact information, please DM me. You can email me at allison at allisonhair.com. Everything's in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.